0: Oh, hi, Film Files. It's Tuesday, it's the top of the hour, and it is with great honor that we bring you tonight's film. Some have called it the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Some have called it the best, worst movie ever made. And some people have called it the worst movie ever made. We even have a friend and guest host here in the studio today serving as an authority on this film. Ryan, thanks for coming. Woo! Thank you. I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Stuart Randolph. Hi, I'm Ben.
1: Oh, hi, I'm Ryan Hilde.
0: (laughs) So stick around. This is Movie Show Theater.
2: In a world where movies are everywhere, these heroes will make sense of some of the world's strongest films. Jimmy, Ben, and Stuart. This is... Show
0: theater. All right, so I had the uh, distinct honor of, of showing Ben and Stu this movie two nights ago. And uh, before we get into it, the, the director, Tommy Wiseau, is this—I'm almost more fascinated by him— then the room, and this is what this is what our film for the evening, um, from two thousand three. And and before we start with the room, why so is I found out today that Wasso is not his real name. He nobody really knows how old he is, nobody really knows where he's from. But he did supposedly spend a lot of time in France. He had a nickname when he was younger. Um he had these weird bird toys that he collected and so people call them Birdman. Always so in French is bird so he took out the O, put in the W for his birth name, uh, added Tommy because it's a cool name, and Tommy was so. So just like the mystery and in- and intrigue behind this guy is almost more fascinating than the actual film itself to me. Mm. But love it or hate it, it deserves it deserves some attention.
1: <laughs> yeah. To me, he has almost like a backstory that re- reminds me of like uh, if Anne Rice <coughs> was writing a novel and had to make a a deal with the devil. Yeah, truly. And that's what spawned was Tommy Wiseau.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people uh, I actually like
1: Anne Rice. No, don't go there. <laughs> it depends on it depends on which Anne Rice. The, the early Anne Rice, early the Anne, first Rice Anne, Anne Rice is pretty
3: solid. Yeah, the, when some of her later stuff is like yeah, well, way went off wait a the rails. What is she doing?
4: It went way off the rails, but yeah. All right. So anyway, I'm sorry.
0: No, that's okay. Yep. So there's there's certainly a subculture for these sort of bad films, and it's if if you watch it, I almost think that you got to watch it twice because the first time, the whole time you're watching The Room, you're thinking, is this really happening?
3: I, and it is. That's exactly Did I accidentally what I
0: was... take a drug? Am I high and I somehow don't realize it? How can these people... Well,
3: especially when you consider the release date, it's in 2003, so part of you thinks they're all in on some kind of joke, right? This is 2003. I mean, it it seems like there's almost a cutoff date for bad films where people think, well, when you get to maybe the late 90s, it's all ironic or post modernist whatever you want to call it post ironic after that uh no, I really don't think so.
4: he was serious he was they were all serious. it doesn't even look like it was made in two thousand three it was like it late 80s, like, early nineties I, I was thinking the soundtrack even earlier too. than that I was yeah. thinking like late seventies early eighties almost you know and and the fact that it's so it, oh i can't I, I just oh I'm sorry, I can't so. I I do want to point out the some
0: of the undeniable accolades that this film that that's truly undeniable. For one, he between him and Greg Sestero, who played Mark, Mark. A lot of what I've learned about Tommy was so I learned from Mark's book, The Disaster Artist, which is his story of meeting Tommy and and just being part of this incredible film. That you know, when it first came out, yeah, he was completely serious, but. You know, There's film festivals now that are um, traveling the world, and, and Tommy and, and Greg go to a lot of them. But anyway, so between Greg and Tommy, over a couple of years, they raised $6 million for this film. And a lot of people are arguing that he was trying to hide money. Maybe there was some mob connections, and he was hiding money in this film, which is insane that it cost $6 million. There's, where did it
3: go? It's like where an did extended. It go? It's like an extended cinemax episode with the cheesy
4: sex scenes. Yeah, it truly is. And but, the
0: acting is like a like porn. I mean it's worse yeah, than it, porn it, acting. It
4: is worse than porn acting. I mean, not that I'm an authority necessarily, but you know, it is far worse. And and the fact that <laughs> Oh hi. <laughs> oh hi, but, Denny. Oh you, hi, Denny.
0: <laughs> you can't really tell where he's from. I think the <laughs> cast, from what I from what I gather, the cast was so enamored with the intrigue of Tommy Wiseau that they're like yeah I mean he's making a movie I gotta be a part of it <coughs> and by the time that they realized oh my god this guy is serious it was too late and they're already like he he uh he rented a billboard in LA to
3: promote this movie and it stayed there for five years Ugh. and well, that... here's here's another thing too that I the experience um this is definitely a midnight movie now and I believe from what you told me Jimmy. Ryan, you've actually seen this at a midnight movie screening. What was that
1: like? It um, it was pretty crazy. You know, this is a movie that when it was first released in its first uh, theatrical run, it earned $1,500. <laughs> Big bucks. Oh, hi. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, But when I went, I actually saw it at the uh, art theater in Champaign, and we got there early, and it was a good thing that we did because the movie was actually sold out and when after we had gotten into the theater, just a few minutes later, the line was actually almost around the block.
4: Wow. There was, he probably doubled or tripled his money on that night.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, what was fantastic about it is because there's all these in-jokes that have come up
4: around the film just from how ridiculous it is. So I, um, I personally can't believe I've never heard of it before. Right. I, I mean, I, I know enough about film, I'm plugged in enough to, to movie stuff to, to have at least gotten some hint of it. When you mentioned it last week, and then when we watched it, uh, I know now why I've never heard of it before. <laughs> you were physically scared. I, I'm physically ill by just even thinking about it. So, I, I just, uh <laughs> Sorry.
0: So the lines were around the corner.
4: Oh, yeah, and... um.
1: What was what was fantastic is the audience. Really, there was all kinds of audience participation. It was really like a Rocky Horror kind of atmosphere. There were during the uh, football scene, which I'm sure we'll touch on, or yeah. scenes, the, really uh, scenes.
4: That's all. That's I can't even. Say we that had uh, audience members throw in the football through the, <laughs> of through the
1: crowd, and one thing that comes up often for no reason in the movie is the spoon, yeah, or spoons. Um, so anytime a spoon was on screen, it just showered. Uh, Plastic spoons, and they actually they actually handed out plastic spoons as you walked into the theater. Wow, that's
0: wonderful. It's so funny. I feel like you watch this movie and you wouldn't imagine. I don't think that it would have this sort of perception. And you can't make a movie with that sort of reception in mind. I mean, Big Lebowski is an incredible film, but I mean, even with that, who would have thought that it would have spawned, you know, this sort of global. Uh, film fest response, you know. That, that I
4: understand, because it actually has decent actors, it has great lines, it has memorable scenes. And, well, sure, you know... but,
0: I mean, there's nothing that sets it apart from other great movies that have great actors and great
3: scenes. I mean, so this it's film Bridges. The Room is pretty much the Dark Shadow of the Big Lebowski, because it does have memorable scenes and memorable lines. It's just that... Everything was unintentional, you know. I mean, there's really not much of a plot. It's just, okay, here's Lisa. Here's Johnny. They're supposed to get married. Lisa cheats on him repeatedly with, um, you know, his supposed best friend, Mark. Mark. And I think it's, what, 40 minutes before they actually have any kind of interaction. Yeah. uh, Even though they're supposedly best friends. And you hear about it four times before they actually meet. Yeah. Yeah. It's Actually, I'm going to go back to something that I said during the Battlefield Earth episode. I was actually (laughs) quoting somebody else, and this isn't an exact quote, but uh, somebody said of Battlefield Earth that it's like, you know, um, aliens made a film, uh, like a sci-fi film, what what they thought a sci-fi film should be, what a sci-fi slash action film should be. This film kind of felt like aliens created a film that they thought would be some kind of drama, but that's why it feels so otherworldly. Everything's just so horribly awkward and you can't necessarily put your finger on it because the awkwardness never really subsides. Yeah, uh, Especially ever. because the the main driving force behind this movie, you know, if you if you look at the IMDb trivia, like, it, it seems like he doesn't really have a mastery of the English language and he used cue cards so it's just like everything he says is just like he's from another dimension or something or right. another, you know, world. Uh, hey, hey, uh, ha. ha, ha, ha. <laughs> That's that's pretty much uh, Tommy Wiseau as Johnny. Yourself, that was him right there. Express yourself, but don't hurt it each other. Me apart.
0: <laughs> 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 now, there's a lot of bad movies that I have seen in my life. That I mean, this is not this is not the worst by a long shot. Because there's a lot of bad movies. That I've seen worse. Wasted acting, wasted budget. You know, there can be some independent film that I see and I'm like, oh no, that was stupid. That was a waste of my time. But there was also not a whole lot of money that was wasted, and there wasn't, you know, it, it, like with, with Battlefield Earth, it's such a sad case because, you know, there's big talent. It's a huge budget. Big money. Big money, interesting story, and 100% of that is wasted, and that's heartbreaking to me. But with this one, it's it's cringeworthy to the point, you know, you're like, this is actually happening. Okay, so this is this is truly a film. It seems like everybody's trying to take it seriously. However, the man had a vision for something. He completed his vision. Still, you know, 15 years later, t- tw- 14 years later, I'll get a calculator out later. But Twelve. Twelve, 12 years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's He's still passionate about
3: it. And he's... Uh, <laughs> So uh, from, now you. You, from now oh, on, from now on, hi Jimmy. From now on, you get to be the Denny of this episode. But you know what? That's that's another thing I found interesting because I knew about the room for quite some time, and I'd watched YouTube clips and never really watched the film. I know a lot of people um, on the internet were saying that you know Denny might have special needs or he's not all there, <laughs> but. That's the thing, though.
4: I definitely think they all well, have no, special that's, needs. That's the thing, though.
3: Like it's it's just one of those deals where the script is just so nonsensical. It's just like Denny has no common sense, but at the same time, you know, there's the rooftop talk that uh, Denny has with Johnny, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm in college right now, and you're paying my tuition," which also feeds into, "Wait what? a second, is Johnny actually Denny's dad?" But it's never really mentioned. Well, no, he's like, he's like a, a hard they There's so much going it. on. It's like one of those deals where unintentionally they made so much stuff go on underneath the surface that you kind of want to like delve into the story a little bit more because you, abs- you, you get absolutely no answers for anything. Okay. Yeah.
4: The, who's the drug dealer that's demanding Chris, the money? Chris, Chris R. R. Chris R. Chris R. Who's – why in the world would her mother bring up the fact that she got her test back and has breast cancer and never bring it back into the story? How does it play in it in cured. any way, shape, or form?
3: It was cured by Johnny's Who is Denny?
4: Why is it that he just happens to want to watch? I do think he's got special needs, this kid. But, in, you know, and if they're taking care of him, where does he live? He lives in the uh, apartment below. They explain apartment it. Below? They,
0: they explain that he, his parents either like died or abandoned him or something, and he's paying for his education. And he kind of like, more or less, l- he illegally looks, adopted. Denny. He looks
4: like a thirteen-year-old, which is funny because he does he's, look really he's the young.
0: oldest cast member in that movie,
4: aside from aside
0: from Tommy, who might well, be you know, five hundred yeah, years old. Yeah, I
4: mean, he looks like you know, creature. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I mean, all of these plot lines that are brought up and then the only one that's even sort of followed through on is the fact that Lisa doesn't want to marry Tommy. And, it just goes all the way through to the end when the 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 Oscar moment when he has his meltdown and he did send this film into the Academy, by the way.
1: Oh, absolutely. Have you heard of uh, his
4: TV
0: show? Oh, the Tom. He's got yeah. a couple. The Neighbors.
1: The Neighbors, which he actually submitted to uh, for Emmy consideration. Wow.
0: I, I didn't really find it to. It, it didn't have the same je ne sais quoi that this had. I thought it was too um, intentional, and I, I think that maybe. So he was intentionally making The Neighbors bad? Poorly? Um, no, he was... Or, um, there Something accidental happened it, at some point in the production of this film. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have a lot of foresight, or he doesn't have a lot of talent as a director, but the film was received, obviously, a very different way that it was supposed to be received. And The Neighbors, I, I think he took a lot of what he learned from The Room. I uh, mean, this was the first thing that he ever did. This was... You know, like for example, they used green screen for all the rooftop scenes, even though there was a rooftop, rooftop readily available. available. Although that could be explained by audio. A lot of the movie is dubbed. Obviously, you well, can obviously, see that yeah. when you well, watch, try it. To it to sink watch sink sink. a lot of it. Well, yeah. like
3: the the scene, one of my favorites, where he goes into <laughs> the floral shop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey Johnny! I didn't know it was you. Hey, doggy. I'll take it. Out. That's the thing. It's, it sounds like that we were listening to this before recording. It sounds like he says a thousand roses instead of a dozen. Yeah. There's a lot of lines that could be misconstrued that way. It's like, wow, he's going to go home with a car full of roses. $18 for a thousand roses is that's really not a good whole deal. lot.
4: That's a pretty good deal.
0: Hi, Doggy. You're my favorite customer. Goodbye. It's like they packed way too much into that
3: scene every second. Oh. Which is why it's amazing.
0: The only yeah.
4: scene that's not in the, <laughs> their apartment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was it. That was the only one that really, aside from uh, Mark sitting in a car mysteriously somewhere talking on what looked like he a cordless bu- phone. He was busy. Not a cell phone. I'm yeah. uh, busy uh, right now. cordless phone. Yeah, like I
0: told you, I'm very busy. He says very a lot in that film. Uh. You're a very attractive woman. And the scene where uh, she uh, comes on to him the first time and Mark goes, what is this? This music, these candles, and there's no music or candles anywhere to be seen.
3: It's it's just like the scene where they're all in tuxedos and ties, which is semi-explained because Denny says something about how the uh, wedding photos are going to look great, but then they're all playing football in these tuxedos, but there's no photographer. <laughs> 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 and they're not married. And they're not married. Right. I mean, maybe they're like the
0: pre-wedding what, what, photos. What, what, I don't what, know.
4: What? I don't know.
3: I don't know. If, if you listen to some
0: of his interviews, he explained nothing logically, obviously, but, like, with the breast cancer and with the um, all these other side plots, I think that he thought—and it was kind of like he gave a 14-year-old a camera, and it's like, go cover some hard-hitting issues. He's like, I want to bring in—I think breast cancer is an important topic, and it's a, it's a deadly disease that's killing millions of people every year— That's why that scene's in there, and no other reason. The tuxedos, he thought, well, everybody looks good in a tuxedo. Put them all in tuxedos. But his interviews are are so incredibly simplistic, and you still don't really get a grasp of, like... Where he's from? Right, that (laughs) and, like, you do know that we're all laughing... Okay, never mind, whatever, just play the room.
4: Exactly. Does he know that we're all laughing at him?
0: Yeah, more or less. I mean, I think... Well, you've you've listened to a lot of interviews, Ryan, right? Have you done some YouTubing on Lassell?
1: I think probably at the beginning he probably – I think he grew aware of the joke. Okay. he, he he strikes me like the way that The Room is made, this probably isn't really it at all, but it just reminds me of the episode of The Simpsons. Where Bart cheats on his intelligence test and gets put in the gifted school. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like he cheated on like some kind of like maybe stole a short film or something, and people were like, "This is great, make us a feature." And yeah. Was like okay, <laughs> and then it was like, "Oops, yeah." Oops.
4: That is an
0: excellent. That should be the tagline. Yeah.
4: Oops! I made a feature. <laughs> the room. The room. Ugh. The the truly painful scenes, for me were the so contrived scenes between Johnny and Lisa that the dialogue, if they were even close to being in love with one another in any way, shape or form, who says that to each other? And then when she forces him to drink whatever that vodka and brown water mixture—well, yeah. apparently,
3: according to the script, it's vodka and cognac. Okay, but it looks like vodka, and
4: which isn't any better. I mean, cognac is—you know—is that color too? I mean, but the the. <laughs> Which forces him. You know, I don't drink. That's the what? funny thing. When if he's "If you like, love me, you'll drink." <laughs> this that, another lovely. hilarious
3: thing is apparently he doesn't drink, but he takes this vodka slash scotch slash whiskey slash cognac. He drinks it and says, "Oh, this is delicious." This is, uh, uh, right? This is he, a person good. who doesn't drink, drink finds is... a vodka. Well, just mixing two alcohols together, he finds that
4: delicious. Two yeah, yeah. strong <laughs> alcohols together, and he finds it delicious. Now, you're going to – anybody who doesn't drink is going to drink that, and they're going to be like, oh, we can't talk. Anybody who does drink will probably drink it and say, what were you thinking? This is the
3: worst <laughs> mixture of all time because usually most people, like if even if you're a serious drinker, would probably take one of those things and maybe drink them on the rocks and one not mix or the, them. And one, or one or the, or the other. other. Yeah. <sighs>
4: like, and but, then, And then she drums up this story about him hitting her.
3: Which makes no sense,
4: really. Which makes really. no sense, Well, either. I think that she was trying to
0: get him drunk, hoping that he would hit her.
1: <laughs> maybe she has a fetish that I'm we tired. don't really know about. It's not I'm really explained. i love I love you, darling. <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't drink because he has a dark past. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay.
0: Has anybody because again? he was drunk because her his tie was around her head. And in the 70s, that was a sure sign of drunkenness. That's how you know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it could be that the room is really just uh, Johnny's mind and that, you know, Mark and Lisa and Denny don't even exist. It could be. What do do you think the title
0: is a reference to, Stu? Safety. Um, If you even have the intellect to grasp this film. Nobody
3: really does. I mean, come on, guys.
1: This is way above our heads. My take is that it actually is the projection room uh, relating to all the theaters you figured it
4: would be played in. Oh, yeah, the room. No, I got to say it's the bedroom. Yeah. That's what I would guess. That's what I think they're there is referring a lot of to. It's the, the bedroom. bedroom. Well, they, they reuse a the first scene. They reuse <laughs> <They> re- a <laughs> first, we first scene. Like, we were watching. It was like, wait, wait a second. A minute. This
3: is this the looks same looks really scene. Familiar. This is the same scene. Yeah,
0: that's when he becomes a little less of a visionary because he wanted the sex scene in there so bad, the second one. And, like, maybe well, you think he's kind of a pervert and, and he wants to get naked with her again. But wasn't the actress like, no, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, so. Apparently
3: she thought the, the sex scene would just be a matter of seconds, but she saw the final cut. <laughs> it was cut. She's three like, Wait minutes.
4: It's that long? Actually, the original was six, six minutes, minutes right, I just right. read, and they but cut it felt, in half.
3: It felt a lot longer than three minutes. It seemed like it just went on forever. You know, it's just like, wow, he must have, you know, his vision informed by, you know, late night TV, like, softcore. Cinemax. yeah, Cinemax.
4: Yeah. And, and again, not even as good but as I mean, Cinemax. This I mean, is true. Let me tell, mean, tell you. I mean,
3: they show about the same- what would happen? What would happen in real life if you just decided to jab your significant other with a rose repeatedly in the chest? <laughs> that doesn't look like a very pleasant experience. As something romantic? No, no, not you at just, all. You just give women roses. You don't jab them with
4: roses. <laughs> yes. Come you on, guys. Randomly. This is love talk. Come on, with Ben. <laughs>
3: Come on, guys. Get
4: it together. We're taking we're taking live callers. Hello, hello. <laughs> Who randomly brings home a red dress just so that she can put it on and then take it off again? Yeah.
3: Guys, he's just way ahead of the game, and will never understand. Johnny is pretty much the prototypical alpha male.
2: Yeah, he really of is.
3: Awesomeness slash every uh, uh, hyperbole <laughs> into it right here.
0: Oh. I don't care. I already ordered a pizza. You think, think about of everything.
3: everything. I mean, I mean, guys, Lisa. I guess that makes Lisa the ultimate woman because she did order that pizza. What was it? Canadian bacon and some some and chicas. some
0: pesto, pesto, and
3: uh, I don't know something else.
0: Actually, half,
4: one thing, half it was half something relatively normal and half something a little out there. Yeah,
3: yeah. One thing we were talking about too is that um, not that Lisa's the you know most terrible looking woman in the world, but she's awfully. Plain looking, at least in this film, to have tons of men fighting over her. We were theorizing right. that it would make much more sense for the Michelle character yeah, to the, be The, the woman Lisa. who comes
4: in and uses their
3: house as a sex room or whatever. What's funny is I think her name's uh, Juliet Danielle. She was actually, at first, she was Michelle. But and then they... because so many actresses left, she ended up being Lisa. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's And Juliet <laughs> Danielle for her credit. Uh she actually looks a lot better with dark hair. Yeah, so have you that's, seen her IMDb photos? Yeah, well she I watched it. She looks better with interview. dark hair. It works well with her eyes.
0: I, I watched a Q&A that they did in 2013 the Denny and Lisa character and I I at first I kind of felt bad for him because as long as they live I mean neither one of them are doing anything in acting anymore. Are you kidding
4: me? They'll right. never do another thing in acting ever and, again. I mean
0: Tommy was bad but I think Lisa was arguably the worst actress. Oh yeah. She was wretched. Oh, oh yeah. I mean it was a crappy script but you know like when she's talking to Mark she's like I'm always ready for, for. you lover boy.
4: <laughs> like her facial expressions it's just like mind-boggling that's that's why i and i'll agree with ben on this one i think the the actress who plays michelle uh, is actually far more attractive and and had more facial expression and was probably the better actress i think she was i mean you know based on what we saw but you know it's just absolutely uh
0: but he's uh tommy's obviously living in a dimension a, a world a and a place where we don't know it's it's a faraway place where we can't no even kidding. pretend to imagine. So Duh, maybe geez, maybe she's a that's 10. actually
3: one thing worth bringing up too when we're on the character of Michelle. Actually, one of the bright spots of this film that probably would have worked in another film was um, Mike and Michelle. I actually liked those characters a lot, and I thought you could probably transport them and make something more promising out of them in a film that was you know um, maybe legitimately and not unintentionally good. Yeah. For some reason, I just really liked those characters from Mike's frosted hair and like the whole scene where they're feeding each other chocolate in his dumb uh, face. Where oh, Michelle is when doing she goes something down,
0: his face is uncontrollable. <laughs> I, mean, I have uh, yeah. It is insane. He is like a cartoon character.
4: That's why I think that if you're gonna play this film, if you're gonna if you're gonna do, look at this film in any way, shape, or form. You have to look at it from those two characters. If everybody was able to play as well as they played, so campy, Mm -hmm. over the top. But the others were too serious. They were way too serious. Those two knew exactly what they were in and exactly what they were doing. Well, I don't
1: think Tommy could have played it anything but serious because he was taking it so seriously. I feel like Lisa was probably just a little fed up. I know that they they reported that a lot of the cast members, by the time it was all said and done, had just kind of quit on the movie mm-hmm. and figured it would never even see the light of day. So they just kind of, I feel Finding like, it in. you know, the, yeah. the the way that they're delivering delivering the lines and everything is just like, who cares? That yeah, yeah. very yeah, true.
3: Makes sense.
0: I think. Um, well, I, I I wanted to say something about uh, Mark, but it's time to play a scene. <laughs> oh God. Play all right. the scenes. All right, let's well, just
3: let's just let's just listen to the whole movie right
0: now. Alright, we will. I did not hit her. It's not
3: true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi Mark. Oh uh, hey Johnny, what's up? I had a problem with Lisa. She said that I hit her. What? Well did you? No, it's not true. Don't even ask. <laughs> what's new with you? Well, I'm just sitting up here thinking, you know. <laughs> I got a question for you. Yeah. You think girls like to cheat like guys do? What makes you say that? I don't know. I don't know, I'm just... I'm just thinking. I don't have to worry about that because Lisa is loyal to me. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. I used to know a girl, she had a dozen guys. One of them found out about it, beat her up so bad she ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street. (laughs) What a story, Mark. Yeah, I not say that again. Because obviously a woman getting beaten so bad that she ends up in the hospitals. Yeah, Incredibly it's like, hilarious, So Johnny. you didn't just on, listen Johnny. to that story, Tommy. I mean, you can't be real. But I
0: will say, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> the the film did win uh, some awards. Um, it won the Audience Award at the New York International Independent Film and Video Festival in '04. And also in '04, he did a documentary. I, I haven't seen it, but it's I would a love documentary to. Documentary or whatever it no, is. No, it's a documentary called "Homeless in America." Oh, oh, and oh, just documents homeless okay. people and the way they're treated. But um, that was also in '04. And then in 2010, uh, Harvard University gave him the Ivory Tower, which is the filmmaker of a. Uh, Filmmaker of the Year, which are all obviously, like, we all think your movie's a complete joke, so take this award for putting up with everybody. Because, I mean, can you imagine, I mean, just to get a little bit sympathetic, like, he spends, like, five years and six million dollars of this, like, raised money, and he goes to the studio opening night, and he just can't wait. And, like, people walk out. People are, like, rolling in the
4: aisle with laughter (laughs) They're, you know, yes, he's... I I wish I felt bad for him. I wish I did, but I don't. Because anybody who's got any sort of self-awareness is watching this film and realizing the great big steaming turd that it is. Yeah. And and can't expect it to be, I mean, really, he sent it to the Academy see and oh, yeah that part i don't feel
0: bad i mean he's 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 super arrogant if you've ever seen an interview um and in that aspect i don't i don't feel i mean i i don't feel bad for him
3: there are actually a lot of parallels between this film and troll two if you look at the director of troll two, which is uh documented in the film best worst movie which kind of follows the cast of that film and the director you had this director from italy who really didn't even have a grasp of the english language and he's like you know i'm gonna make the serious horror film and it's gonna take the audiences by storm and then people were laughing at the film and even to this day the director is saying i was serious the whole time this is a landmark release and you think to yourself wow wow How delusional do you have to be to think that this movie, which is is really memorable in its own right, but it's really comedic in a really unintentional way, that audiences remember. Um, It's it's not like this is a very serious film. So you would think maybe with time somebody like Tommy Wiseau would embrace that, even if he's arrogant. He's like, you know, I I see this film for what it is now, and he's rode that wave, and he's really smart for it. It doesn't always happen that way.
0: Well, I think he, you know, he wanted to make money originally. He at least wanted to make his $6 million back. And now, 12 years later, 12 years later, that's right, uh, he finally is. So I think he's just at the point where he's like, whatever. You want to laugh, laugh. You know, Nobody knows how he's independently wealthy. Um, is he, though? He is. Okay. All right. And so he- uh, Maybe he was a gigolo or something. He might have been. Yeah. He I like seems the mob connection the, He story. has the gigolo hair. Right. You know. Now he does. I'm just he also has the uh Lestat hair too, so Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Back to yeah. Ann Rice. Yeah, exactly. Well that's the interesting thing too. He was I, I watched him interview today and they were he was getting so excited about it and he was like, Yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to reshoot it in three D and we're gonna do the prequel and we're going to do the sequel next after that. Someone's like, uh, doesn't Johnny die with a bullet in his face? And he's like, you never know, you can't kill Johnny.
3: <laughs> yes, I love it. It's like, man, honest, I love your spirit. To be honest, totally insane, but I love I your spirit. It's like, he made this film, which, from if, if you're looking at it from a legitimate standpoint, is a complete disaster. But he kind of calls to mind all of the uh, directors who were pretty much panned over and over again, like Ed Wood. It's like... Ed Wood made what many people consider to be the worst film of all time with Plan 9 from outer space. But then people keep on going back to it and they have these, you know, midnight film festivals with that as the ending film. So it's you say to yourself, yeah, a lot of this was unintentional, but it's very memorable. So at the very least, it's a good entertainment. Even if you just watch it once, you can laugh at it, you know. Mm-hmm.
4: And that's what I did
3: it's a pretty easy film to laugh at because it's so ridiculous i mean i think one of my favorite parts was um you know mark's uh they're talking about i think mark's supposed breakup and they were at the coffee shop and then after that you know they're just like they're running around for no reason, and Tommy has his sunglasses on, and he has, like, some gloves on, and they're throwing around a football. And then uh, I, I should say Johnny, even though Tommy and Johnny are the same. Uh, Johnny just wrestles him to the ground for no reason. It's like, oh, hey, let's race. Yeah, he was a total prick about <laughs> it. He's, it's he was like, pretty much a jerk about it, but Johnny's supposed to be this uh, supposedly perfect character. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he pays he inspires wish. himself. That's he a pays. quote hey, from guys, him. Hey, guys pays the tuition of his maybe illegitimate son. He is all right in my books.
0: <laughs> you threw me a party. You invited my friends. Good thinking. Chicken. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. Cheep, cheap, cheap, Cheep, cheap, 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 <laughs> Cheep, cheap, cheap. Oh, Yeah, I don't really... I feel more sympathy for Tommy than I do the actors because they had the... I mean, I, I've seen them all interviewed now at this point, and at least now they're aware of how it is and, and what this film's become, but I've seen a couple interviews with uh Greg Sestero, who played Mark and he's and he's saying no oh, I knew it was a joke the whole time. This, this script was totally crap and I thought Johnny was so and or Tommy was so intriguing I was like, Yeah, I wanna I wanna get I wanna get with this just to see what kind of disaster he makes. I'm like, really, Greg? Did you really know? <laughs> or are you just trying to distance yourself from uh-huh. being mocked now? Yeah. Well,
3: apparently he was coaxed into acting He took, I think, some kind of um, lower-level production job at first, but apparently Tommy knew that he wanted Greg to be the actor um, who played Mark the whole time, so eventually he he ended up in the film. So maybe it was one of those deals where uh, Greg was at first saying, you know, I know this is going to be a joke, but I'm going to be behind the scenes, so who really cares? Right. But then... It might have escalated to the point where he's on camera, so he's like, yeah, whatever. And what else is he going to do? He was a model before that career was dying out. (laughs) You can tell he's a model. He's not a bad-looking guy. He is is in a couple of upcoming movies. Is he? Well, it looks like one TV series, and I can't tell if this is a a movie or not, but uh, 2015 he is going to be in Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. So, I mean, guys, uh, that's probably the landmark film of our time.
0: If that he's was doing Tom- things. If that was a Tommy Wiseau film, that would almost be brilliant. He needs to, like, work his way through the genres. He's got the black comedy down. Yes. Because that's what you have to call the room, because otherwise He needs to do it- a bad
3: horror film.
4: It, I think he's done it. Looking at the <laughs> uh, advertisement for Do Bro, Bro Party Massacre 3, uh, yeah, I would say that he's done it. That's, uh, Wow. That's something else. Okay. Ryan, will you regale us
0: with your uh, story about why Mark was named Mark?
4: Oh, oh yeah, I saw
1: that. Yeah, um, Tommy Wiseau, he was enthralled by the film... um, Talented? uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and...
4: Oh, please tell me it's not based on Matt Damon. (laughs)
1: Well, he misheard Matt Damon's name. (laughs) And so as tribute to Matt Damon, he named the character Mark...
3: This gets better and better. But Which I bet awesome. he kept
1: it, Mark. Which is awesome because <laughs> well, he probably never re- even realized yeah. that. <laughs> bad. Well, hi, because, Mark.
3: Because Mark doesn't look anything like Matt Damon anyway. Yeah. They're he probably really just had a boy different crush. looking. Oh, yeah. No, well, because
1: Greg Sestero said that he he saw the talented Mr. Ripley and saw a lot of Tommy in that. Yeah, and showed it to Tommy, and instead of like seeing himself in that movie, he just saw how amazing that movie was. Oh my gosh! And was and they say that that was the one of the inspirations for him to make this masterwork.
3: So what we're saying is that Tommy Wiseau is some kind of idiot savant, and he's the next Rain Man <laughs> in the sequel uh, Rain Man. To yeah, enter the room.
0: Yeah, I've never heard him say in in the interviews that I watched even like a semblance of intelligence. Or, like, any, <laughs> anything that would lead me to believe that he lives in our universe, in our place. And I think that's what makes him and this movie so fascinating. And like I said earlier, I've seen a lot of bad movies that weren't nearly as
3: engaging. I I've seen some real stinkers because <laughs> I uh, pretty much—we discussed this before the episode uh, when we all watched the film together. Um, most of the really, really bad movies that I've seen were, like— early to middle 80s slasher films that were just kind of sadistic and there was no fun at all it's just like wow I want this movie to end this movie really isn't sadistic and you can I don't really know if I feel Tommy's energy it's just like wow this is really like you said you you had the right word for it Jimmy engaging for a film that's I mean on one level terrible but on
4: another level
3: kind of good in its, it's terrible like ways. It's like watching
4: a slow-motion car accident. It's you cannot Shh. turn away. <laughs> it's, ugh, it's, ugh.
0: Yesterday, when we started watching it, I had a, p- a paper and pencil out, <clears throat> and uh, we were having a couple beers, and I was like, I'm going to write down the inconsistencies. About two minutes in, I'm like, yeah, you that's just, you just you Too much. It. No, I'm literally, I won't watch it. anything in you the movie. You have five
3: pages done already, and so, you know. I liked I liked the introduction of um, of Peter, the psychologist. Like, yeah, another yeah. just,
4: just random <laughs> well, character.
3: Well, of course he's a psychologist. He has a suit and a tie, and he knows everything. And he and, almost gets thrown you know, off the roof. Yeah, just, yeah.
1: Which well, I he almost I just like got because, thrown off the stage because but, he's yeah.
3: he's a uh, he's the only character who has common sense. He's just like yeah, it's pretty obvious that you know Mark is. Uh, having some good times with Lisa mm-hmm. and Johnny can't see that because he's I guess the most perfect human being alive. Well, so they all have tuxedos on and he's like, no way. In a tuxedo, I'm not playing football. And he falls <laughs> down for no reason. Yeah. He just how, falls over So how about all these Ugh, spills? Come on, guys. <laughs> we just we just does just stop.
0: There was a deleted scene that I watched <laughs> where it was the same scene as when Denny gets uh, confronted by Chris R on the rooftop. Except it was in, like, an alleyway. And it's the same lines, it's the same blocking, the same delivery, and the same costumes. Except, afterwards, I think it's Mark falls down, and they all gather around Mark, and they pick him up, and they put his arm around him. He, like, trips over a garbage can and, like, falls two feet down. They're like, do you need to go to the hospital?
1: I I don't know. It's- oh, Wow. <laughs> One of a oh, thousand geez, yeah. I wish. I wish they had just used it and then kept all the other scenes too, because that would have just. been... Well, there is no
3: reason not to. I mean, realistically. <laughs> I just like the. Fact what are you going
1: to lose? <laughs> I just like the fact
3: that Chris R shows up because Tommy, or I should say Johnny, I keep on getting them confused with each other because they're pretty much the same. But so Johnny, Johnny, the character needs a gun in the end to off himself because the world is just so cruel. Is that
4: the only reason why they introduce that character? I believe is so. So that he can get a gun. I believe so. But yeah. there are no pawn shops where they where they're at. Obviously Bar-
3: not in California. Yeah. Not where he's a favorite customer. Not in Frisco. <laughs> uh. <laughs> They don't. They don't. Sh- they don't Hi, sell. They don't sell guns at the floral shop. All right, Stu. Come on now. <laughs> be to... realistic, Stu. Be realistic. Uh, You'd yeah, have okay. to pass
1: the background check. That's, yeah. Yeah, true. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Three day waiting period.
3: <laughs> I don't have a social security
1: card. Okay, I
3: don't. Oh, which brings up one of the other finer points of the film: uh, how Johnny met Lisa. Oh, funny story. Oh, funny story. <laughs> oh, funny story. Did we get a confirmation on how many times that one door, the front door, opened? Uh, uh, I I tried to Google it but count, couldn't find it.
4: My final count, I think, was somewhere close to fifteen. It was a it was that door opened tons of a times. Lot. It was. I'm a guessing lot. they had to
3: change the door out because it opened so much.
0: <laughs> and supposedly, I, according to uh, Greg in his book, the. Uh, story was originally adapted as a, as a, a but, play. play scre- uh, yeah, and so yeah, the whole play. movie was going to take place in this room, and that's right. where they got the name for it. But since it's not Johnny, Tommy, that's tough, Ben. You're right. No, it, is, it
3: is tough because they're pretty much Jeez. one and the same.
0: It's got the same suffix and everything. But he says that the room is a safe place, and the room is a place for people to go to feel safe. That's, yeah. that's the room. That's, that's his explanation uh, of reckon- the room. I reckon so safe uh, that you
1: could off yourself.
3: Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm going to By the way, I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm going to buy the di- the disaster artist and read it. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to
0: say Blu-ray of the room. No.
3: It's hard well, to find. I don't have a, I don't have a Blu-ray player to begin with, but just the idea of looking into a bad film and what makes it completely derail is fascinating to me because like I mentioned earlier, um, best worst movie is pretty much a documentary about how Troll 2 ended up being the beautiful disaster that it is. So we have a literary equivalent of it in The Disaster Artist, and it looks like it's highly rated, too, Mm -hmm. which is pretty interesting. (laughs) So it looks like Greg has some brains behind those uh, boyish good looks. Well, they're
1: making that into a movie also, James oh, Franco. Oh, no. <laughs> no. yes. Yeah. Oh, that's no. right. That's right. I almost forgot about that. Ugh. James Franco James Franco is attached to uh they're working on that him and Seth Rogen.
0: James oh. Franco is the director and he's playing Tommy. Oh, that's going to be that could be beautiful. And what else is interesting is that Tommy is 100% involved in the book and he's liked it from the beginning. But the book is not complimentary to Tommy, really. I mean, there's some nice words thrown in there like inspired or passionate because he is certainly passionate, has nothing to do with his terrible direction in filmmaking. But, you know, like you were saying with the troll, like, yeah, there's these movies are train wrecks, but you can't have these without some level of determination and passion and persistence and
1: uh, cluelessness.
0: And, yeah, totally cluelessness. Otherwise, he wouldn't have even bought a camera.
1: Well, he strikes me, too, as, like, um, he, the fact that he's that he loves the book so much, it almost reminds me of Steve Martin in The Jerk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so excited to see his name in print yeah, yeah. when he goes to get the book. In the, the phone, phone book, book yeah. Yes. And so there is his name. He's He is somebody. He is on that same <sighs> level of, you know,
3: stupidity. You <laughs> he, might say that uh, Tommy's a little vapid. Yeah, that's vacant. a good adjective. But that's the thing too. He, uh, apparently, he's successful, so maybe he does have some knowledge that we don't know about ourselves. So when it comes to entertainment, I, maybe he's uh, a uh, slow burner kind of guy. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, he maybe this slow was slow burn. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was his intention the whole time. He's like, you know, I'm gonna have this movie flop, and then people are gonna love it. Uh, you know, a few years down the road. Boy, yeah, that yeah. Tommy. He sure is a genius. <laughs> Or he's actually just kidding. from the future. Wow. Yeah, or <laughs> that that yeah, would make perfect be... sense.
4: Actually, I mean, we've we the have... alien quality that is there. Yes. Yeah, we've
3: talked about how he seems otherworldly and different. So maybe he is from the future. And what
4: is that accent?
3: Uh, what is
4: the I
0: accent? I, I think that doesn't. There's not really a lot. Does of he have French that accent in, in, the,
4: in like the interviews? Oh yeah. So it's his accent. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. how he sounds. Yeah. And a lot of the
1: way that the dialogue is is kind of how he talks anyway. Like if you uh-huh. if you read his AMA on Reddit, he answers a lot of them as "Oh hi." <laughs> he type yeah he when he, you, t- he types the way that, that the way that he talks, <laughs>
0: which makes you think maybe there's some truth to that theory, Ben. So some of the strongest fans of this film are uh, Paul Rudd, David Cross, Alec Baldwin, Will Arnett, Jonah Hill. And I guess David Cross introduced it to Tim and Eric from Tim and Eric. Also, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that show, but anyway.
3: Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Is that the um, Cartoon Network? Yeah, show.
0: yeah Tim and Eric Awesome
4: Cartoon Show. Great job. was I wrong? Did that Cartoon Network not play this on, on April Fools? Yeah, like 2009 like,
3: to 2011, like, like a censored a version. Censored
4: yeah. version of it on Cartoon Network. Unbelievable.
3: If it was on Adult Swim, though, I can I can see how they might play it. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not during prime time hours. And no. I'm, I'm guessing they had to censor some stuff. Yeah, because yeah, oh, after nine, you can
0: say whatever you want on cartoon, which I always thought was really strange and disturbing for a uh, network well, marketed for kids. But it's, no, trust me, this after film is for—it's not for
3: kids. This film is for the children. Maybe <laughs> for the kids. I'll do anything for my kids. Children, we're expecting creepy.
0: Expecting. There's no Aspecting. X, but there is an S. Expecting, expecting. So that was something special. But I think that with a little more time and with a little more steam and acceleration, he probably will write a sequel, and he probably will do a prequel. And I don't. I would. I would love to see a screening of this movie somewhere. I would. Yeah. I would go to Chicago for it. Absolutely. Well,
3: here's the thing. Like people nope. have been recently making. You're an invited stew. Uh, Creative minds have been creating bad films on purpose, like the Sharknado thing, you know, that just picked up steam out of nowhere. It's pretty much a sci-fi movie, but now there's this pretty hardcore um, fan base for something that is terrible on purpose. So I don't think that... Tommy is really ill-informed well, and making another bad movie but, can, you know, but the thing, can he duplicate it because it seems like everything he did was not absurd. on purpose and it was unintentional
1: I don't know that he could because I think any what's great what I think is great about The Room is it's not intended to be bad but it is just so bad that you can't it's like unbelievably bad right. And anything that would come after this, I just can't imagine that it would have that same effect you would be you'd be looking for it to right be that
0: because the second time you watch it this is why I was what so I was saying about two times the first time you're just so like your jaws on the floor and you just are trying to gather any sort of like coherence that this movie might possibly have and then the second time you watch it you're you kind of See it for what it is, which is totally laughable. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're right. I don't think because if he would do a new one, everybody would go and it would you'd have that like mentality
4: of watching it for the second time. If he would if he were to do a new one, he would have to have people who have never heard of the first movie, never seen the first movie, have no acting experience whatsoever, a- in order to rec- re- recreate the perfect storm that is this steamer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would have. I mean, literally, he would have to find people who. No, nothing like to act in it, to act in oh, it. Yeah, I and think to produce absolutely. it or anything else. If That would be the only way because people would go back and look at it and be like, there's no way there's no way. And yeah,
3: that's a problem, though, because this film actually does have a decent amount of. Notoriety now, it seems like what it would turn into is just them winking at the camera the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. Oh,
0: hey! And that was so much of what Sharknado is. You know, I think that's the difference. It was fun to watch Sharknado, but doesn't have the heart that The Room has, and The Room does have heart. It's a piece of crap technically, as like film standards goes, but there is there is something there that's undeniable. I
1: yeah, I think I talked to you, Jimmy, um, before about how The Room. It's kind of like if you had. If you were to do like a critical analysis of like a child's like finger painting, like if you were to get someone from the Louvre to look at that painting and they would be like, "That is utter crap," but like when when you know I the love child that when, analogy, when you know the that child, like, you're awesome. able to see it as as being like the, the work of a child. And in a lot of ways, that's that's what Tommy was. Uh, Tommy's just so you a, hanging on the refrigerator, a great big
4: child. <laughs> He's oh, he the, made it out of pudding. Oh, oh that's so isn't, he's precious! He's such a precious sweetheart, <laughs> he's got the heart oh. of a child. <laughs> oh my God, he really does. <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> never mind. I can't. No. So, Stu, how no. much
0: vodka would you have to drink before watching this film oh, again?
4: No, I, how it, drunk would I have to get you? No, it, I would have to be unconscious. Well, Actually that's, that's, that's how much it it then you could at some point. you could prop me up in front of it afterwards. You can start playing it, but um, there's no way I am consciously watching this film again. No, never, will not do it. It depends. I on think how much you yeah.
3: I think it's worth watching the uh, the YouTube clip that's uh, roughly 34 minutes. It's just all the Tommy scenes.
0: Yeah. Because the film's a full ninety eight minutes long, it's not even yeah. like you know. I wouldn't want to watch anything shorter,
3: though. I think, even though it's it's unintentionally hilarious and I laughed at a lot of it, there's a stretch probably toward the last uh, third of the movie where it just kind of exists. and it drags, drags more along. than usual. Yeah, I'm just like, wait a second. I was laughing at this a lot. Now I'm just kind of watching it and it's happening before me, before the hilarity ensues again, like with the the party fights and yeah, whatnot. Beep, 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 Everybody beep, beep, go outside. Beep,
0: beep. Everybody come back in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Chris R was a pretty decent actor.
3: They probably they probably stole him from like the set of one of the C S I shows yeah, you know, or, something. Exactly. Or, like, or in my PD blue or something. Yeah, I guess Sorry. he... hey you wanna act for me?
0: He I guess he was constantly fighting. <laughs> uh-huh. <fried. laughs> <laughs> You're under arrest, you know. <laughs> he, uh, him, and Tommy were always fighting, and so uh, Chris R., the actor, he was always annoyed and always pissed off. So that's what he
4: had two, three lines tops. Yeah, but he delivered the crap out of those lines. For
1: <laughs> <I'm laughs> sure, th- it was like a Kubrick situation where he he made him do it over and over and over. Again well, until apparently, he just broke Chris R.
3: Apparently, Tommy had to deliver a lot of lines like over and over and over again, where it got to like forty takes. Uh, Even some very straightforward lines, you know. And like, I think it was a scene oh, where hi, Mark. He, yeah, that scene, I think it was that scene that they put on the IMDb trivia. Apparently, in a Greg's book, he mentioned that it took Tommy like 36 times to <laughs> nail those lines. <laughs> it's I did not I true! I didn't hit, hit her! her. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. I like the fact, too, that during uh, a lot of the scenes that are on the roof, he's wearing those um, zip-off short... Slash pants things, you know, they're white, but the cargoes, yeah, they're like cargoes and they don't really exist anymore. But they're pants, um, they zip off kind of below the knee and you can turn them into shorts. Uh, I really, really didn't pay
4: that much attention to yeah, wardrobe to notice that. But he was wearing a suit jacket I while, a while
3: wearing these pants, which makes it that much more ridiculously amazing, you know. Yeah, how this film didn't I'm sweep saying. any. How this film didn't sweep the Oscars? <laughs> I don't know. Bias, obviously, racism. Yeah, sexism, ageism.
0: Well, all the other, all the other isms. You hear that sound, everybody? That's Stu putting all the movie choices into the hat. Hopefully,
3: it is Troll Two for the next one because Did you put it in here. I, Troll Two's in there. Oh. Let me let me do some more shufflings. I know I'll pick a good Every one. Every day
0: you shuffle and shuffle. Yeah, he
3: did that. Yeah, don't pu- don't pull two out like I did last time. I'm just gonna pick a handful of them. Ooh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh. Yeah, right. I told all you right. I'd pick a good one.
4: All right, yes, awesome. Indeed. Was that
3: Stu's? We're pounding
4: um, our chests. That might have been mine. Yeah. I, I think that was we we
0: are yours. We're all pounding mine, our chests
3: yep. with masculine excitement. It's perfect yes. timing
0: too, because Vincent D'Onofrio's in Jurassic World,
4: and he's plays uh, Kingpin in the new Daredevil series. Oh, he's so good, and he was outstanding. Yeah, he in really the was. Daredevil series. He really he was. looks good in
3: a suit jacket. I can tell you that oh, much.
4: Geez, yeah. All right. So Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm,
3: a, I'm not excited. Excited. I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we've done a Kubrick too.
3: No, yeah, that's true. When was the last one we? I know we did the Shining, uh, but have we done any Clockwork other Orange? Clockwork oh, Orange? Oh, yeah, that's right. That we, that did we did a Clockwork Orange. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you have anything else, Ryan, that you want to add? We still have a couple minutes here. Um,
1: you know, I think, uh, you know, just to recap, you know, I think if you haven't seen the room, uh, it's, it's <laughs> certain, you'll get your turns <laughs> too. Certainly worth checking out, and at least entertaining. I would recommend that if you are of age, maybe having, you know, some beverages. Um and you know it's I'm you know thanks for having me on guys it's good being able to talk to you about this movie with you guys and hope to be back in the future you will be you will be uh Ben let's see what
3: haven't we mentioned
0: yeah we're going to start from the beginning, if you want, with the flower yeah.
3: shop. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. We're just going to record a whole second episode all yeah, over this you know, because the... Stu really looks forward to it.
0: <laughs> the flower shop owner wasn't even an actress. She was just there to begin she was with. Just,
3: she was just being real, bruh. It was anyway, on location. What right? I, what we haven't mentioned is that uh, the room is clearly above all our heads. It's <laughs> definitely... Uh, using the stranger as source material it's just saying life is pointless, man. It's just an existential masterpiece, man. Nobody gets it. It's just, it's just no, no one understands. It's just genius. It's just okay. It's, it's not. Very esoterical. It's very it, esoteric. If you're into bad films that are so bad but engaging that you can't look away from them, definitely check out the room, like Ryan recommended. If you're of age, have a few beverages. It will definitely enhance the experience. And Duel the pain. Yeah, <laughs> Duel the pain. And have some fun. Ha, ha, ha. And maybe maybe uh, throw around a football, you know? <laughs> Come on, guys. just For no reason, just throw around a football. It'll make you feel manly or womanly or whatever. You know, it'll be a good time.
4: I have nothing left to say about this movie. Stu cares about nothing. <laughs> I...
0: That's a tough act to follow, but... Uh... No, I, I I think it's just it's one of those movies we've used many alliterations to describe it. It's a, a slow-motion train wreck. It's, it's a car wreck that you can't not watch. It's cringeworthy. It's awkward. It's, it's definitely a lot easier in a group setting. Um, if you're watching it alone,
4: right. make sure all the sharp objects are away from yourself. You right, may not right. make it through it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, alcohol can be good, but if you're watching it alone, I would not recommend a depressant, uh, as alcohol can often be while watching this. I wanted to buy this film, so I'm going to buy it with the sheer purpose of showing it to somebody else for the first time because I think that would be a real joy. I got that joy the other night. As much as Stu hated it, it was a blast for me to show it to you guys. It,
1: it'd, so, be, uh, it'd be kind of interesting to see um, what it would take to do like a midnight showing maybe at the Apollo, like a midnight matinee. Mm-hmm. Let's do it now. Stu, Let's just get... go over there.
0: Stu, do you have time to watch the room real quick? No.
3: Stu, no. what Stu meant to say is, yes, I love the room. It's no. best film ever. Ha 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 ha! Oh man, the <laughs> all, rest, all my other, all my, my other movies abandon <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm
1: alone in the world. <laughs> you you be me
4: Stop it, please.
0: You think of everything.
4: <laughs> Stu, oh. could
0: you
3: just order me a pizza?
4: <laughs> I already did. No, we think of everything. <laughs>
3: I want your body. He also didn't mention the part where uh, toward the end where he's about to off himself where he's humping the red dress. He's like, yeah, why, what? Hey, Lisa? Hey, what? Uh, 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 you tramp. And he starts to destroy the room. and can't
0: get the drawers out, so he just, oh, my gosh. He does, oh. he does totally wreck the room.
3: Yeah, he does. He wrecks uh, the room pretty thoroughly. And by the room, you mean mentally. Like I said, it's an existential masterpiece. Lisa doesn't exist. Mark doesn't ex- exist. Then he doesn't exist. Peter probably does. As the psychologist, yeah, but so nobody's saying exists. they're all just
4: aspects of his personality. It's all aspects of Peter's personality. They forgot
3: to include M Night Shyamalan to
4: <laughs> add the
3: reveal. Yeah, he should reboot that movie. Yeah, oh, they forgot oh, no. M Night Shyamalan to add the reveal that this was all
4: <laughs> that
1: this is really just all going on in Johnny's mind the whole time. It's it's really kind of uh, will probably go down as one of his, uh, film's greatest mysteries, along with like the end of two thousand one. Um, you know kinda
4: Can we stop talking about this now, please? Well, I'm that's, dying a, inside. that's
3: not a very uh,
0: coherent ending, but that's okay. Alright, well uh next week it should we'll be, be a
3: coherent ending. We're talking about the room.
0: So until next week, I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm
3: Stuart Randolph, I'm Ben Snowden, I'm Ryan Hildy And this is Movie Show Theater. Woo!